the book of Acts, the ninth chapter tonight of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, and uh, over to the kind of the end of the chapter there, about verse 26 through verse 29 this evening, and I hope you'll follow along your Bible. We're going we're gonna to thumb right through the scriptures tonight, and uh, Acts number 9. Verse 26 through 29, thank God one day that I touched Calvary or it touched me. Amen. And, uh, amen. Thank God it's still touching folks tonight. And the Bible said there in verse 26, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. Thank you, you can be seated this evening. Fathers, we come to you, Lord, this afternoon. Lord, we come in our minds uh, after the singing tonight. All the songs, have, uh, Lord, have been uh, around the blood. And uh, thank God for the blood of Christ. And, and uh, Lord, I'm glad that the Bible tells us that, uh, that Jesus Christ, uh, the faithful uh, prophet, uh, the prince of the kings of the earth, that he loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And, uh, Father, we're thankful I know the Bible said the life of the flesh is in the blood. And Lord, right now there's blood flowing through my veins that, Lord, are giving life unto this physical body. But I'm glad that one day I touched Calvary. And when the blood that now flows through my body becomes to a standing still, and Lord, the life is gone out of my body, I'm glad that there's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that has given me everlasting life. And when I don't have any more physical life because of my blood and cessation of life, that, Lord, I'll still have life because of thy blood, uh, Lord, that gives us life and that eternal. And, fathers, we come this evening. Thank you for this little group that's gathered out this evening of God's people. And, uh, Lord, we ask you tonight to meet with us in these dark days that we're uh, gathering around in. Lord, don't take the light uh, candlestick, Lord, out of the church. Uh, Lord, we need a light more than ever before. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd fill our vessels and trim our wicks and, Lord, do whatever needs to be done, Lord, that we might be able to shine bright for you in these dark days. Uh, Lord, we pray for the lost, Lord, always that may come in the door while we're preaching that may be sitting here even now. And, Lord, we pray that, Lord, the lamp of faith would turn on in their hearts, Lord, and they might see their way to Calvary. Uh, Lord, and profess the Lord Jesus Christ is their only hope. The only hope is in the blood. Now, Father, forgive me of my sin. Help me to preach just now. And may the people be blessed by your word and by your spirit. And may you get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We see a man here mentioned in the scriptures. And we've been talking and preaching about some folks that uh, are around it. Been preaching about folks at the end of Paul's ministry, but uh, tonight we got a fellow here 
that is only mentioned one. He's only mentioned at the beginning of Paul's ministry, and uh, he's a great man in the Bible, and uh, his name is Barnabas, and uh, he's only mentioned one time uh, in the Bible at the beginning of Paul's ministry. Uh, he's only mentioned one time by the Apostle Paul himself. Uh, he's not mentioned by Paul in the last part of his ministry when he talks about Timothy and Demas and Articus and all the others. He never mentions this man, uh, although this man had a major part in the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Uh, but he mentions him one time in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and he's, uh, he's arguing or vindicating his apostleship. And he says there in verse 1 of chapter 9, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas, or I only and Barnabas? There it is. Have not we power to forbear working? So we see this man Barnabas. He plays a huge part in the beginning in the early ministry of the Apostle Paul, as we'll see tonight. We find uh, Barnabas in our Bible before we ever find Paul. Uh, really, we find our first mention of Barnabas in the Bible in uh, chapter 4 is where we first find him. And again, he is. we find him at the beginning of the church, the beginning of the, uh, the church there in the book of Acts. Uh, when the church uh, it don't get going too far there, do we find him here in the fourth chapter uh, of the book of Acts? We find Barnabas in the beginning of the church, uh, and we they needed a man like Barnabas in the beginning of the church. And I will tell you tonight, we need some people like Barnabas at the end of the church. And we're going to see we're going to see that tonight why we need some people like this man Barnabas. Paul doesn't say much about him, but the Bible has a lot to say about him. Let's go back to where we first find him in the fourth chapter and uh, the, of Acts in verse 32. And the Bible said, The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Isn't that wonderful? Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in, all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, they sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joes, who by the apostles were surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now as it tells us there in that verse there, verse 36, it said Barnabas, which being interpreted the son of consolation. You know what a consolation prize is. Well, what a consolation Barnabas was to this 
early church there in the book of Acts. Uh, uh, when we read about Barnabas, we have a word that, uh, that, that would stick with him and a word that uh, would describe Barnabas to all of us when we go through and read his life. Uh, and uh, this man Barnabas, he was an encourager. He encouraged things. And uh, we need somebody like Barnabas down here at the end of the church age when we're all uh, kind of discouraged. And, uh, and when we think about discouragement, we're talking about somebody that's lost courage. Uh, and a lot of people in this age in which that we're now living, they have lost courage uh, uh, in the things of God and the courage to go on for God. But let us take heart tonight. Our God is still on the throne. Uh, let us take heart tonight. The Word of God is still true. Uh, uh, we know how this thing is going to end. Uh, and even in this present hour, we know who's with us. Uh, and that is the Lord. Amen. And uh, so we look here at Barnabas. And I want us to look at what we read here in verse 37. The Bible said, Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. It seems that the early church was practicing some kind of a religious socialism here in the early part. Everybody sold their houses and their lands and all they had, and they brought all the money and laid it at the apostles' feet, and they distributed as every man had need. Well, uh, that uh, religious socialism didn't work no more than the political socialism works today. Uh, it didn't work then and it won't work now. Uh, but we see here, uh, as we read this, we see that one of the chief givers was Barnabas. Uh, uh, he was one of the chief givers in the early church. Uh, and he encourages us to give. Uh, uh, you say, how much did he give? He gave it all. Uh, Barnabas could sing, I've surrendered all and really mean it. Amen. Most of us, we can't say that, but Barnabas could. Now, it's interesting when we, uh, when we look into Barnabas and what the Bible tells us about him. The Bible said that his surname, in other words, his nickname, uh, his name was Jose or Joseph, uh, uh, was his surname. But the apostles, they, they nicknamed him, or somebody did, and they called him Barnabas. Uh, and uh, what that meant was uh, being interpreted. The Bible interprets it for us. And don't seek any other interpretation when the Bible interprets it for you. And the Bible says that his surname uh, uh, being interpreted was the son uh, of consolation. So here was a man uh, uh, that was a consolation to the early church and a consolation to all those that were around him. Now, we're told here of his, not only of his surname, if you will, is, as the Bible calls it, but we're told here also of his stock. The Bible said there in verse 36, he was a Levite. Uh, he was a Levite. Uh, uh, now, that's an interesting thing. Uh, when we go back in the Bible and we study what the Bible says about the Levites. Uh, uh, now the Levites were the sons of Aaron, so to speak. Uh, the Bible said in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 25, it said, Eliezer, Aaron's son, uh, took him one of the daughters of Peniel to wife, and she bare him Peniel. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites uh, according to their families. Uh, and so Barnabas was a Levite. Uh, now, interesting thing here, 
is that Barnabas, the Bible tells us, that he sold land. Uh, uh, well, in the Old Testament, the Levites were not allowed to have land. Uh, uh, when we look there in the book of Joshua, chapter 13, the Bible said in verse 33, But under the tribe of Levi, or the Levites, uh, Moses gave not any inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he said, uh, unto them. Uh, and so here we got a Levite. Uh, and uh, here we got a Levite that's got land. Uh, and uh, in studying this out, you 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 can find out that the land that he owned uh, uh, was very expensive land. Uh, uh, because of its location, because of where it was, uh, uh, it was land that was worth quite a bit of money. Uh, everything you read seems to indicate that Barnabas was a man uh, uh, well off. Barnabas was a man uh, uh, that uh, had money. Uh, but the good thing about Barnabas is he had money, but the money didn't have him. And uh, you'll find that out because the Bible said Barnabas, uh, he sold a thing. It didn't mean nothing to him. He sold it. Uh, and uh, he didn't try to figure out what was the least he could give to the church. Uh, he didn't try to figure out some way he could not give it to the church. Uh, but the Bible said he gave it all to the church. Uh, uh, he was a Levite. You say, well, Brother Rick, how could he be a Levite? And how could he have land? Uh, and, uh, and how could he do all that and be justified with God? Because we left out one little important thing. Uh, he was a Levite uh, that was saved. Amen. And you see, when a man gets saved, uh, the Bible said over in Galatians 3 and verse 28, uh, the Bible said that when a man gets saved, uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, uh, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, uh, for ye are all one in uh, Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, uh, that's saying the reason Barnabas uh, uh, had land, the reason that he done that being a Levite was because he was something more now important than a Levite. Uh, uh, he was saved. Amen. Uh, uh, he was a part of God's uh, family, a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, in the Lord, when it comes to salvation, that's what the verse is talking about. It's talking about salvation. Uh, and when it comes to salvation, there's no male, there's no female, uh, uh, there's no Jew, there's no Greek. Uh, uh, when it comes to the salvation of the Lord, uh, uh, they just saved people. Amen. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, uh, the Lord, uh, uh, He's not really going to be concerned if you're a Baptist or Methodist or uh, Pentecostal or something like that. What He's really concerned about uh, is are you saved? Amen. Uh, uh, when we get to heaven, the Lord ain't going to say, do you belong to the independent Baptist? You go over here. Uh, uh, do you belong to the southern Baptist? You go down south here. Uh, uh, no, sir, the Lord. Uh, uh, what he's going to say, if you've been born again and washed in the blood, uh, uh, the Lord is going to say, enter thou in, my faithful servant. Amen. If you have been faithful. Amen. Uh, uh, so he was of the tribe of Levi. Amen. Uh, but he was a saved uh, Levite. Uh, and being a saved Levite, he might have been of the tribe of the priesthood, uh, but when he got saved, uh, he joined a higher priesthood uh, uh, than even the priesthood of the Levites. Uh, 
uh, he joined something even better. Uh, uh, you see, whatever it is in the Old Testament, uh, it's always better in Christ in the New Testament. Uh, uh, you say, was he still a priest? He sure was. Uh, he joined that, that chosen generation, uh, that royal priesthood, that holy nation, uh, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into uh, his marvelous light. Uh, uh, yeah, he was a priest. Uh, uh, the Bible said that the Lord Jesus, uh, he makes us kings and priests with God. Amen. Uh, and so Barnabas, uh, his surname was Barnabas. Uh, his stock was of the tribe of Levi. And what he did, uh, he sold land. The Bible said having sold it, he brought it and laid it at uh, uh, the apostles' feet. Amen. Uh, uh, that encourages us to give. Amen. Uh, I don't read anywhere where that after he brought that, laid it at the apostles' feet, uh, he regrudged it or regretted it. Uh, uh, if you or I or anyone else is going to give something to the Lord and regrudge it, the Lord says just keep it. Amen. Uh, uh, the Lord don't want us to give grudgingly. Uh, uh, the Lord don't want us to give something and mope around all week and wish we'd kept it. Uh, uh, the Lord don't want us to give something uh, and the car break down on the way home and say I wish I'd kept that. Uh, uh, no, the Lord wants us to give it to the Lord. Amen. Uh, I tell you, uh, we ought to love to give to God. Amen. Uh, you see here, we have to give certain things. Uh, if you want lights and heat, you got to give to the electric company or the gas company. Amen. Uh, uh, if you want to keep your cars, uh, you got to make your payment. You got to pay the insurance if you want to drive legally on the road. Uh, and a lot of that stuff, sometimes I kind of regret it a little bit. Uh, uh, but God is my witness tonight. Uh, I've never gave one thing to the Lord uh, uh, that I wished I had it back. Amen. Uh, uh, Lord taught me that lesson a long time ago. Uh, I went to preach in a little one, one, one room kind of uh, Pentecostal holiness church back early in my ministry way down in the foothills of, of Burksville, Kentucky. Uh, and uh, I went down there. I drove our old car down there that night. I had just enough gas to get down there and just enough gas to get back. I had one $20 bill in my billfold, which was a lot of money back then. Uh, uh, well, we got down there, and uh, they took an offering up. They had some singers there, uh, and they took an offering up, uh, and, uh, and, and the Lord said, put that $20 in there. I, I felt that impressed in my spirit. God, God didn't talk to me. He didn't, he didn't speak to me audibly, but I felt that I needed to do that. I, and I tell you, me and the Lord, we argued about that a little bit. I, I said, Lord, I ain't got but this one, I, and I, I got to go back. Anything could happen. I, 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 Lord, I, I just got this one, but it got so great, the pressure did, I, I, was that when I, I, they passed the offering plate, I laid that one $20 bill I, in the offering plate. I, uh, well, uh, at the end of the service, uh, I was preaching, you know, most time they give an offer to the preacher, and at the end of the service, in other words, I was kind of thinking I'm going to get it back anyway, amen. <laughs> but at the end of the service, uh, at the end of the service, the preacher got up, uh, and he said, well, uh, he said, we took an offering up tonight. Uh, and he said, the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord has instructed me tonight to give the offering. I thought he was fixing to say, brother prophet. And he said to the singers, 
I thought, oh Lord, I just gave my last 20. I'm, I'm about right here kind of wishing I had it back. Amen. And you know, I was really struggling there. I, I was. And, and, uh, and the preacher went on talking for a while. And then as he got ready, he said, we're going to have the closing prayer. And he said, he said tonight, he said, uh, I gave the offering that we normally give to the preachers, said I gave it to the singers. And so he said, tonight we're going to ask you to give a pocket offering tonight to the preacher as he stands back to the door. You shake his hand on the way out. Well, they stuffed my pockets, all of them full of dollar bills. And I tell you, I tripled, more than tripled my little old $20 that night. And the Lord taught me a lesson that night. The Lord said, you give to me. what I instruct to give to you and I'll take care of you. Amen. And I've never found any place where that anybody can ever give as God tells them to give and come up on the short end of the stick. The Bible said that Barnabas having land, he sold it and he brought it all uh, and he laid it there uh, at the apostles' feet. Well, he couldn't have given nothing no better uh, than to give it to the Lord's church. Amen. Uh, the Bible said don't lay up treasures down here on earth where moth and rust and B.R. Lakin said crooked politicians break in to steal. Uh, uh, but he said don't lay it up down here. Uh, uh, but he said lay it up in heaven, he said. Uh, well, I got to study on that years ago, uh, and I thought, how in the world do you lay treasures up in heaven? Uh, and the only thing I could come up with, uh, if you're going to lay, send something up to heaven, you got to put it in something that's going there. Uh, and the only thing I know what's going there is a church uh, and the people that get saved. Uh, and so when you invest in missionaries, you invest uh, uh, in the work of God, you're laying up treasures in heaven. Uh, and so the Bible said that Barnabas uh, uh, we see Barnabas and his financing uh, and that is in, that is encouraging unto me uh, uh, to give to the Lord. Amen. Give to the Lord. Then let me say this tonight. Look over in Acts 11 verse 24 and the Bible says about Barnabas over there in that 11th chapter and the 24th verse the Bible said for he was a good man. You ever heard anybody say that about somebody? They were a good man. And many are. I know the Bible said there's none good, no, not one. Uh, that's compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can take the best man that ever walked upon planet earth uh, and stand him beside Jesus Christ and he would look like filthy rags uh, uh, compared to him. Nobody can add up to him. There's not none good, no, not one. Uh, uh, but we can bring men up and line them up uh, and go by their life and their testimony and all like that. Uh, and there might be some men better than other men. Uh, and so that leads us to say, Brother so-and-so, he was a good man. Uh, but let me say this tonight. It wasn't it wouldn't some man saying he was a good man. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost of God that records that in the Bible. And the Bible said he was a good man. Uh, when the Bible says somebody's a good man, you can mark it down. They're a good man. The Bible said he was a good man and he was full uh, of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people were added unto the Lord. Uh, uh, now we see Barnabas here and we see not only Barnabas' financing, but we see Barnabas' fullness. Uh, you say, what was he full of? The Bible said he was full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
And that might be a key tonight uh, as to why he was a good man uh, and a key tonight as to why he was an encourager in the body of Christ because the Bible said he was full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I like that. I like what the Bible says. Whenever, whenever, whenever Pentecostal people, whenever they want to talk about somebody full of the Holy Ghost, uh, they always go to Acts 2. Uh, but when God talks about somebody full of the Holy Ghost, uh, He points out a man named Barnabas. Uh, uh, you don't find Barnabas speaking in tongues. Uh, uh, you don't find Barnabas uh, having big visions or dreams. Uh, uh, no, sir, you find this man Barnabas full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the Bible tells us uh, that much people were added unto the Lord. Uh, uh, the, greatest, uh, the greatest example uh, of a church full of God or a person full of God uh, is that they have an impact on other people uh, uh, and they bring other people to the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, you can't get no better than that. Fact of the business is uh, uh, the Lord told His disciples in Acts 1 and 8, uh, He said, You tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. He said, You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, uh, he said, You'll be endued with power from on high. Uh, and what does he say they're going to do with that power from on high? They're going to be witnesses unto him. Amen. And so we see Barnabas here and he is a man that is full of the Holy Ghost of God. Now I noticed some things in Barnabas's life here. I want you to go back to our text verse there in Acts 9. And I want you to notice that Barnabas was full of the Holy Ghost, uh, and he had a braveness about him. He had a, a boldness, a braveness about him. The Bible, you said, why do you say that? Well, look at verse 26. The Bible said when Saul, and you do know that's Paul, uh, uh, he changed his name later, probably when he, uh, when, when, he, when he realized and became an apostle to the Gentiles, he picked up a Gentile name. Uh, uh, but that's Saul there. He just got saved in Acts 9. And the Bible said when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They were all afraid of him. Uh, did you know the Bible said the righteous flee when no man pursueth? Uh, uh, the Bible said the wicked flee when no man pursueth, uh, uh, but the righteous there bold. Amen. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad that people that are full of the Lord Jesus and they're full uh, of the Holy Spirit of God, they have a certain boldness about them. Uh, and, uh, and he didn't really care what the other disciples thought. They didn't even think Paul was saved. Uh, uh, they were afraid of him, uh, and rightly so. Let's be honest about this. These were uh, this would be like uh, some uh, uh, some uh, Muslim. Uh, church persecuting person get saved uh, and come down here to the church and we take them in uh, uh, and you knew that they had been involved in all kinds of uh, church problems and things and threats uh, uh, you'd be probably a little standoffish too uh, and uh, most of the disciples were that way the Bible said right there it said and they were afraid of him uh, and they believed not he was a disciple uh, in other words they said what many times people say about other people they said I don't even think the person saved 
Amen. That's what they thought. But the Bible said, Barnabas, I like, I like that next verse, 27, but Barnabas took him in. Yeah. Amen. Barnabas has got some discernment about him. You know, spirit-filled people, they've got some discernment about them. The Bible said you're supposed to try the spirits. Not every spirit that out, out there is the Spirit of God. And boy, in our day, they're running loose by the, by the hundreds, amen. And, uh, and people think because somebody's got a Bible, even the right kind, uh, uh, and got a, a tie on and a white shirt and a suit, they think they ought to be let in. Uh, uh, but Barnabas had some discernment about him. He's not gullible. He's not a fellow just lets anything go in and takes any and everybody. Uh, uh, but he's got some discernment about him. Uh, and he knows that this man uh, has had a drink from the same fountain he has. Uh, uh, he knows that this man uh, uh, has had a radical change in his life. Amen. Uh, and were it not been for Barnabas uh, that took him in when nobody else would took him in, uh, uh, you and I might be lacking tonight a great apostle of the Gentiles tonight. Uh, uh, but the Bible said, I know the Bible said, God said he's a chosen vessel to me. Uh, uh, but I tell you, things could have got slowed down a whole lot uh, if it hadn't been for Barnabas. Amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said that they were afraid of him and believed not, but Barnabas took him in. Oh, the braveness of Barnabas. Amen. Uh, uh, how that Barnabas knew that this man knew the Lord uh, and he was not afraid of him. You say, how did he know that? Well, evidently he had heard him preach. Uh, in verse 4 it said, how be many of them which heard the word believe. That's Paul preaching back uh, earlier in chapter 9. Paul's preaching. Let me get back over here to my text. Over in chapter 9, the Bible said, look back up in verse uh, uh, 22, it said, But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying wait was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by the night uh, and let him down by the wall in a basket. But look down, verse 27, Barnabas took him in, and Barnabas said, uh, he declared unto the other disciples, he declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Uh, in other words, uh, he believed that this man that was preaching Jesus, uh, uh, this man was boldly declaring that he was the very Christ, uh, uh, the Messiah. He believed that this man was uh, uh, saved and a follower of Jesus. Amen. So we see his braveness. Uh, uh, when people get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, uh, they have a braveness and a boldness about them uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit helps them. Amen. But then look in uh, Acts 11 again. The Bible said in verse 23, who when he came... This is Barnabas. They had some Gentiles getting saved. And you know who they sent for? They sent for Barnabas. You can read there in uh, verse 19, chapter 11, verse 19. 
when they just needed, they had all these Gentiles get saved and they needed to send somebody down there and they said, let's send Barnabas down there. And the Bible said in verse 22, the tiding of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Watch what happens when he gets there. Verse 23, who when he came and seen the grace of God was glad. Uh, amen. Uh, here was a man that unlike some of the other Jews, uh, uh, when they saw Gentiles getting saved, uh, uh, it kind of struck them the wrong way. Uh, uh, but here was a man, Barnabas, full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, you see a man full of the Holy Ghost is full of grace as well. Uh, and the Bible said when he saw these people uh, and he saw these Gentiles getting saved left and right, uh, he saw the working of the grace of God. Amen. Uh, the Bible said he was glad. Uh, uh, you know what made him glad? The grace of God. Amen. Uh, uh, that ought to make any true believer tonight glad. Uh, uh, when somebody comes back to the Lord uh, that's been down in the far country, we we oughtn't to be like the elder brother. We ought to be like the father. Uh, he was glad when he saw that boy come back. Uh, he was glad to give some grace to him. Amen. Uh, I want you to know, listen, uh, if anybody, anybody, I don't care who they are, I don't care what they claim, uh, I don't care what their title is, uh, if anybody don't have grace for other people that has received grace, uh, there's something wrong with them. Uh, amen. The Bible said he was glad. Didn't say nothing about that land, that money making him glad. He probably got a pretty good penny out of that land, it being good land. But you see, when you get saved, you don't get your best kicks, your best feeling. You don't get your best blessing out of worldly, material things. Uh, uh, one of the things that it blesses more than anything else uh, is to see somebody come to the Lord uh, and get saved by the grace of God uh, and get confirmation and know they're saved. Uh, uh, there ain't nothing that'll do more for a church uh, uh, than seeing people get saved. Amen. Uh, the Bible said... That when he came and he seen the grace of God and was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave to the Lord. Pretty good advice, amen. What was he saying? He's just saying just, just hold on to the Lord. Just, just cleave to the Lord, amen. And then the Bible said he was a good man full of the Holy Ghost and faith. Much people's added to the Lord. And then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Grace. You say, what do you mean? Here's a man, here's a preacher that's got in on a thing and people are getting saved right and left. I know preachers. And when they get in a thing where people are getting saved right and left, most time they don't want to call anybody in to get in on it. But he knew these people needed some help. And you know, he could have called Peter. He could have called uh, Mark. He could have called some of the others. But you know who he called? Uh, 
He called a man by the name of Saul who would later become Paul. Uh, uh, he went and sought him out and brought him. Why did he do that? Because he knew here was a man that had been given a revelation of the grace of God. Uh, here was a man that had been saved by the grace of God. Uh, here was a man that could help other people uh, understand the things of God. Amen. Uh, and really what he did, he did the same thing that John the Baptist did. Uh, uh, really what Barnabas did, uh, he stepped down and he said Paul you step up in other words he was saying I got to decrease but you got to increase he was saying God's chosen you to be a apostle to the Gentiles and here they are amen I tell you thank God for a man like Barnabas the Bible said that he was a man that was brave he was a man that was glad he was glad look back there in my text chapter 9 I just noticed this. I just wanted to bring this out. But the Bible said, verse 30, after he had introduced Paul to the disciples and kind of convinced them that he was, uh, that he was good, that he, was, he did have the goods, he said in verse 20, 30, that when, which when the brethren knew they brought him down, talking about Paul, to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. To Tarsus. Then had all the churches rest throughout all Judea, Galatia, Samaria, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, which multiplied. Amen. When you go back there and read that thing about the Apostle Paul, uh, before he got saved there in Acts chapter 9, the Bible said he desired letters of them to Damascus and he's on his way there. But you know where Paul had to go back to? He had to go back to the place where he started. They sent him back to Tarsus. Paul of Tarsus, they called him. Did you know that I've noticed when people get saved and God calls people to the ministry, a lot of times He sends you right back, first of all, to the place where you come from. I remember when I answered the call of God to preach and preached on a Sunday night. I was working at Donnelly's and we were real good friends at that time with uh, 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 Kenny Chisholm and Charlotte we all uh, always knew each other and went to church together and everything and, uh, and I preached that night and afterwards uh, Kenny and Charlotte brought, invited us over to their house and we went over there and man I tell you you just don't know what it's like to be under God's call to preach for months and nearly go crazy doing it and finally get that off of you and then you preach. Man, I felt like I could fly that night. We went over there to Kenny and Charlotte's. Man, everything was great. I mean, we was having a good time. We had some food. We was having a good time. And everything was great. Until Charlotte said, you got to go to work in the morning, don't you? I'd forgot about that. I'd forgot about that. Everything changed, Eddie, from there on out. And uh, I think it was uh, Kenny or Charlotte or somebody said, why don't you just not go tomorrow and just celebrate? I thought that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> but the Lord wouldn't let me do it. I got up next morning. And this is the truth. If I have ever told the truth, I got up next morning. It was raining cats and dogs. And I went out and got in our old uh, Firebird and fired that thing up. And we had a long gravel driveway. 
and uh, and I backed that thing down the driveway there, and it was raining cats and dogs, and I backed out on the street and started out heading toward Donnelly's, and my windshield wipers quit working. It was coming a flood, and I felt the impression of something saying, why don't you just turn and go back? you got a good excuse now. I felt the impression of something else saying, go on. And I drove in a blinding rain, four, five, ten miles an hour at the most, trying to see where I was going. This is the truth, and God is my witness tonight. When I turned into the parking lot going down to the parking lot there at Donnelly's, my windshield wipers started working immediately, and they never quit again the whole time I had that car. And I went into the break room and the first person I met was my pressman I worked for and my foreman that was over me. And I walked in there and they're sitting there and one of them says, hey, did you do any fishing this weekend? Because I fished a lot back then. Every day on my day off, I'd walk the creek banks, the ponds, and and boy, the it, it piled on me. And something said, tell them. And I said, yeah, I did fish yesterday and last night, but I'm fishing for a different kind of fish now. I said, now I'm fishing for men. But I had to go back to the place was be the last place I would want to go and announce that God had called me to preach. God sent me back to that place. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, the Lord sends you back to the worst place you want to go uh, to tell them you got saved uh, or to tell them that God has done something in your life. Uh, uh, the Bible said He had braveness. Uh, uh, the Bible said He had gladness. Uh, and the Bible said He had fullness and He had fruitfulness. Amen. The Bible says much people were added unto the Lord. Amen. Much people. If you'll live for God and stay with Him and be faithful and walk with God, you may not think you're doing any good. You may not think you're not winning anybody, but you may be surprised someday when you step up there to the judgment seat of Christ to find out how many lives that you've touched. That you weren't even trying to touch. That you didn't even know they were watching your life. Amen. But the Bible said He had much said much people was added unto the Lord. No doubt he led a lot of people to the Lord. Uh, uh, no doubt he told a lot of people how to be saved. I believe you can tell people how to be saved. Amen. Uh, uh, Philip did. Uh, uh, Paul said to do it. Amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said he that went of souls is wise. Uh, uh, God put it in the Bible. I believe you can tell people what's in the Bible, don't you? But like I said this morning, you can plant a seed, but God's got to make it grow. The Bible said Paul planted, I think Apollos watered, and God gave an increase. Well, Barnabas, in his finances, he encouraged us in our giving. Amen. Give to the Lord. He, he, in his fullness, he encourages us to be forgiving. Think about it. Here's a man that persecuted the church, probably had some of 
Barnabas' friends put in jail. It may have led to their killing. But here was a man full of the Holy Ghost of God and he had forgiveness. If a church or a person don't have forgiveness, they're lacking something from God. The Bible says, as Christ has forgiven you, you're supposed to forgive others. How did Christ forgive you? Freely, wasn't it? He didn't say you got to do this, this, this. The Bible said Christ freely forgave you. How did Christ forgive you? He didn't do like you and your wife does. He didn't forgive you today, but trouble in paradise a month down the road and bring it back up. No, the Lord never brings your sins back up to you. The Bible said He cast them in the sea of forgiveness to remember them no more. The Bible said He throws them behind His back and He never turns back. Amen. I'm glad this morning that that God is able to forgive us and if we have any of God in us, we need to be able to forgive others. We not, we, we're not able to forget like God. Not yet. But we can forgive like God. Barnabas... He shows us how, encourages us to forgive others. The person you forgive may become a great something for God. God does use people that have been in the penitentiary and got out. God does use people that's had bad marriages and got straightened out. God does use people that got off track, went down into far country, but to come back. God uses people that mess up. Fact of the business is, we're all a mess. But aren't you glad that God specializes in messes? Aren't you glad that God is able to bless the mess? Amen. If it wasn't for that, you and I wouldn't have a hope. Amen. You say, I hadn't messed up yet. You ain't home yet. Some people's messed up. They just won't admit it. Barnabas encourages us in forgiving. Thirdly, look in Acts 15, verse 36 through verse 39. In chapter 13, the Holy Ghost matches up Barnabas and Paul and puts them in the mission work. In Acts 13, the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Bible said they ministered the Lord and fasted and the Holy Ghost said separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. Holy Ghost knows how to put things together, don't He? He said match these two up. And He said for the work whereunto I've called them. And when they had fasted and prayed they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. That's how missionaries are sent saying, They being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Cecilia, whatever that word is, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus, and when they were at Salmias, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had also John, that's John Mark that I preached about a few weeks ago, they had John to their ministry. And you can read what happened there in verses 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It got a little rough. 
And in verse 13, the Bible said, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Papus, they came to Pergama in uh, Pamphylia, and John departed from them, returning to Jerusalem. So what they did, God put uh, Barnabas and Paul and them on a missionary journey, and Barnabas wanted to take John with him, and took John with them. They got out there, things got a little rough for this young convert, uh, and when he got back home, he decided to stay home. Uh, and uh, that rubbed Paul the wrong way. But sometime later, in Acts 15 and verse 36, the Bible said, In some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. That's like, we, that's like you see churches do. They're supporting missionaries come off the field. And for a little while they go around to all the churches and they tell how the work's going over there where they do. And that's what to do. That's what Paul wants to do here. And verse 37, And Barnabas determined to take with him John. Barnabas is a forgiver. Barnabas is real willing to forget what happened back there in Acts 13. Paul's not quite as ready to forgive. And the Bible says, And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take with him them who departed from them from Pampathea and went not with them to work. Watch verse 39. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. You don't read about Barnabas no more with Paul except in Corinthians. It's the only time you read about Barnabas. Uh, the Bible said it got pretty hot, got pretty contentious. Some people think that if you get down to a church and get around some of God's people, that they're not ever to have any disagreements or arguments. They did in the Bible. I mean, the man that wrote over 14 books of the Bible that was given seven revelations nobody else ever got, uh, this man that God used so mightily as apostle to the Gentiles, he had a little disagreement with Barnabas who was a good man full of the Holy Ghost. People can disagree about things. You see, the way Baptists believe it, the way the devils taught them is that if you have a disagreement, you've got to split the church down half. And one go one way and one go the other way and you don't ever speak to them no more. And we've split so many times we ain't got nothing left but splinters. And every time you go down and see a, a church sign stuck in the ground that said new beginnings, yeah, it's a split. Yeah. We got so many new beginnings that are beginning to be new beginnings that are beginning to be new beginnings, amen. And you know a lot of that could be fixed if a person just realized how much Christ had forgiven us, how much He loved us, uh, uh, how that in the Lord we're both Christians, we ought to be able to sit down uh, and we ought to be able to come to some kind of an agreement that we can still go to church, uh, uh, we can still worship, we can still live for God. Uh, uh, that's the way it ought to be done. You say, but the Bible said they went their separate ways. They did. They did. And it looks like God was in it. Sometimes God's in the thing. See, how you explain that? I can't. But sometimes God's in the thing. Or 
Maybe he's not into things. Sometimes he just gets into things and works things out for good to them that love the Lord. Maybe that's the way it is. Amen? God is never the author of confusion. The devil's always author of confusion. But I'm sure glad God, even though he's not the starter of it, he's not the author of it, I'm glad several times in my life he's got in it and straightened it out. Amen? Amen? The Bible said here that there was a there was a, a a real strong a real hard contention, and they parted asunder one from the other. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas, who became a great partner, and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Samaria. Celia uh, confirming the churches. Now let me finish up here. Barnabas was not only great in his financial giving to the Lord. Barnabas was not only encouraging in his encouraging us to forgive others and to be filled with the Spirit of God. But Barnabas was also, we see, his faithfulness. The greatest thing you can be as a Christian is be faithful. Faithful. You say, well, why was Barnabas so, so faithful? Look what happened here. Things happened in the Lord's work. But even when it did, Barnabas remained faithful. I think it's Bill or somebody today while we was here at church, somebody today said something about People get upset and get mad and they leave the church. You know, some of them don't go other places. They just don't go anywhere. And I personally believe that when you leave a church mad until you make it right with God, it's never right with God. Even though God may bless you, even though God may use you, He can never bless you or use you like He would that you make that thing right to the best of your ability. The Bible says, I'm saying He was faithful and I'm saying he's faithful because of this. He stuck with the plan. You say, what do you mean? Well, look back in verse 36 of chapter 15. This is what Paul's plan was. And so some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city. Well, even though they had a big fight, even though they had a big fuss, I, uh, Barnabas didn't throw his Bible down and say, that's it, I'm gone, I'm done with this stuff, I'm not going back to church anymore. No, the Bible said that he got, he got John Mark, and the Bible said Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. If you look in Acts 15, 36, 39, or at, at verse, uh, Acts 13 and 4, you'll find out these are the places where that they had already been. And so what Barnabas was doing, he was doing as much as he could to do right from where he is. He takes John Mark and they go back a certain way. Paul goes a certain way. I tell people this all the time. If you don't get nothing else I've said, get this. When you mess up in life, do the most right thing you can do from where you're at. You may not be able to go back and fix it up like it was before it ever happened, but do the most right thing you can do according to the Word of God from where you're at. He stayed to the plan. 
He was faithful to a person. The Bible said, Acts 15, 39, Barnabas took Mark. He took Mark. We know what Mark did. Mark messed up. We know that. But the Bible said that just because he messed up, Barnabas didn't kick him out and say, I'm done with him. He was faithful. He forgave him. He was faithful to a person. He did what Galatians 6.1 said. Ye that are spiritual, if any brother be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. He done what that was said, and that probably wasn't even wrote then. Probably wasn't even wrote then. He was faithful to a person. Some people were always meeting new friends. Thank God for every one of them. But in an old, old Bible at the house, I got wrote in the front of it, whenever you find a new friend, don't get rid of your old friend because you'll need all the friends before you leave this world. Amen. Amen. He was faithful to a person. He was faithful to a preacher. You say, where's that at? 2 Timothy 4 and 11. I know that Barnabas didn't get out there with John Mark and say, John Mark, that Paul, he ain't worth killing. I want you to know what that Paul said to me. Did you hear? Did you hear? I want you to know how he treated me. He didn't badmouth Paul. You say, how do you know that? Because I don't know what happened to Barnabas. He may have, he may have died or whatever, got killed. I don't know what happened to Barnabas. But when I get all the way over to Second Timothy chapter four at the end of Paul's life, he said, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable unto me for the ministry. Barnabas didn't badmouth Paul. If he had of this John Mark, he could have done what a lot of people do because you're mad at somebody, you try to make everybody else mad at him. He could have done like that. But he didn't. He got that thing right with the Lord, I'm sure he did. And he told, I'm sure he probably explained to this young John Mark, hey, look, things happen, but he's a good man. He knows the Lord. God's used him, and, and I ain't got nothing bad to say about him. And because of that, end of Paul's ministry, Paul says, go get John Mark and bring him to me because he's profitable unto me for the ministry. You know why he's profitable? Because Barnabas has trained him. Amen. Barnabas encourages us in our giving. And I'm done. Barnabas encourages us in our forgiving. And Barnabas encourages us in our going forward. He kept on going for God. Don't quit just because things happen. Don't quit because of a little fuss or a fight or a disagreement. Keep going for God. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for this church.